Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, it's a holiday weekend, and um, I've been going through some of my belongings here in Puerto Rico as I pack things up, and, you know, I pulled out a copy of my novel that I published three years ago in 2015 through Lisa Hagen Books. It's called The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree. And uh, I started flipping through this thing, and I realized that I've never read any of this novel in my own voice before. And uh, so I figure today uh, it'll be a little bit of a treat for both of us, hopefully. I'm going to read a little bit of this novel to you that I wrote. And I want to tell you, however, right up front, this is R-rated material. So there is quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of foul language in here. So if you have kids around, uh, you should probably ask them to leave. Or if you are offended, if your ears are sensitive to uh, foul language, then you probably do not want to hear this. But it's written in a uh, first-person style, meaning that you write it from the perspective of a character, and so. Uh, these days especially when you do that um you have to make it realistic and being realistic means you curse sometimes and in this case uh quite a bit so um that's your warning so now i'm going to read to you the first little bit here of my novel called the gringo maniac murder spree 250-some pages, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, just, just the first few. I could feel someone looking at me. I hate that feeling, especially since I'm running from the fucking law. I glanced down the bar, and there he sat. First time I ever saw him. Sure enough, he was staring at me. I'm a gringo, too, but this guy was white as a ghost, his head cocked with a straw fedora, beady eyes behind dark sunglasses, and a big, wide, shit-eating grin on his face. His teeth were so white and perfect, they looked weird. Maybe in his fifties, he appeared like a tourist, and yet perfectly at home. Hola, amigo, sailed from his lips like a seagull. He seemed so comfortable. Hola, I said, waiting to see if he was some kind of bounty hunter. I've been all over the place. Personally, I think it's bullshit that you can go to prison for selling a weed. I think I can even argue that it's unconstitutional. But nobody seems to care what I think. As far as I can tell, the law is what a judge says the law is, and that's that. Especially in Tennessee. That's where I'm from. My name is Bill Wade. I'm 30 now. My friends used to call me Wild Bill Wade. That's because I've always really been good at one thing. That's kicking ass. Some guys have a talent for playing the piano or throwing a ball or painting a picture. Not me. For me, 
It's always just been one thing. I am excellent at kicking ass. And yes, it came in handy when I finally said, screw the states and hopped a boat to Puerto Rico. The laws in Puerto Rico were strange. That day was hot as hell. And all I wanted was a pina colada from the Berrichina in San Juan. They supposedly invented it there. Salsa music was bumping, parrots were squawking, the fountain was bubbling, the warm breeze was blowing, and there was a tall, white, frosty drink in front of me topped with the bright red cherry. I was almost relaxed. And now this. I glanced down to see if he had a gun or badge on his side. Nope. Only white shorts and white tennis shoes. I remember he was wearing a puffy, blue, long-sleeved shirt with the sleeves rolled up. I'm more of a plain t-shirt and surfer shorts guy with sandals. Salute, he said, raising his own pina colada. He sounded white as hell and looked happy as a clam. We bumped glasses and I looked away. I could hear him suck deeply through his straw. And then I just knew he was going to speak to me again. Yep. Damn, that's a good pina colada. Are you on vacation, amigo? He said. His voice was almost graceful. Um, I'm staying here for a while. I'm looking for some work. Oh, he perked up. What brought you to the island? I inhaled and fumbled with my cell phone a bit. This was 2010, and Wi-Fi was sketchy. You know, I gave my standard answer. I just needed one more trip to the beach, and this time I decided to stay for a while. He chuckled and nodded. I'm Dick Peck, he said, extending a hand. As I shook it, he already had a business card in his left hand. I looked at the card. It was pretty simple, just a white card with black text. Richard Peck III, photographer, P.O. Box 16801, Asheville, North Carolina, 28816. I always hated calling guys Dick. Nice to meet you, Peck, I said. I'm Bill. I looked him real straight in the eye. I'm a pretty big guy with black hair and I thought I might intimidate him into shutting the fuck up. No go. He just kept grinning in some phony-ass way. I'm here to take pictures professionally, he said, but I can't find my way around. I've been lost since I left the airport. I, I need a guide. Who are you taking pictures for, I asked. National Geographic, he replied, and then slurped through his straw again. What do you do, amigo? Mm, well, I've been doing a lot of yard work. Just here? All around the island, I said. Wherever I can make a buck, I smiled. Where are you from? He furrowed his brow. I'm from Tennessee. Oh, sweet, brother! He exclaimed, extending his hand once again. I'm from North Carolina. We shook again briskly, and that's when I first noticed the ring on his hand. It was the only ring he wore. It was gold, with a black face, emblazoned with the square and compasses. My grandfather wore one of those. I never understood exactly what those guys were about. 
So, you know your way all around here? He leaned closer, more relaxed. This guy was obviously trying to become my buddy now. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I kept screwing around with my phone. It's a good day here. I'll pay you a hundred dollars to get me to the El Yunque, he said. Screech! Hold the presses! A hundred dollars? El Yunque Rainforest was maybe an hour down the road, almost a straight shot. I sort of wanted to tell him I couldn't take advantage of him and just show him some stuff on a map, but I was broke as a fuckstick. I'd been bouncing from hostel to hostel, and $100 could get me five nights. You have a car? I inquired. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can take you there for $100. All right, he bellowed. Muchas gracias, amigo. He extended his hand again with another crazy grin. His teeth were almost too big for his mouth. I shook heartily and pulled a little closer. I guess we were going to be friends now. When do you want to leave, I asked. Right now, when I finish this drink, he replied. And uh, when do you want to come back? Oh, he looked up in the air. Maybe nine o'clock? It was 1 p.m. That was $12.50 an hour for nothing. I was definitely in. Ten minutes later, we were ambling over rocky, uneven cobblestone, splashing through the occasional wet and stinky puddle. He rambled on about how pretty the island was and various touristy bullshit. Then we finally arrived at his black Nissan. Convertible. Jackpot. I hopped inside, and he sank behind the wheel, drawing the neck strap on his hat up to his jutting chin. He kind of looked like an old lady this way. The words coming from his mouth were like the na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na that teachers spoke in the Charlie Brown cartoons. Wish I'd listened. Then again, if I had, I might have ended it right then and there. But I didn't. And now I have a fucking novel. Here's what happened next. What do you think so far, my dear listener? Should I continue? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll read you a few more pages, all right? Reggaeton played on the stereo, and I couldn't help but bob along. I closed my eyes. The warm wind whipped through my hair. Pieces of sunlight glinted and glanced on my eyelids, breaking through each fiber of the huge leaves overhead. Peck kept talking about f-stops and exposures and how much he liked to shoot on both film and digital. I just tuned him out and relaxed. Na 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 na. Bill? Huh? I jerked up. Right or left, amigo? Right or left? Oh, uh, 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 right, I said. Guess I had to pay attention now. He swung right and about whipped my head off. I sat up, eyes wide open, and realized I needed to earn my keep. But as it turns out, that was the last time he even needed my advice. Why did you come here, amigo? He asked, eyes trained on the road. Fuck it. 
Okay, I said. I was arrested in Johnson City for selling weed. About five times. And now I'm facing prison time, so I ran. I came here to get out of the States. Peck was quiet for a bit. Then he shook his head in a very understanding way. Okay, he said, while looking straight ahead. He twisted his body to the right and reached back for his black backpack, digging around in a pocket. A couple moments later, he pulled out a little joint. Cool, amigo, he grinned. Want to smoke this? I laughed and held up my hand. Ah, no thanks. I just sold it. I'm not a big smoker. Okay, he said. But now you've got me craving some Mary Jane, amigo. He took both hands off the wheel, driving with his fucking knees, and magically produced a lighter from nowhere. It was a torchlight, but even its blue flame struggled as he blew down the highway at 60 miles per hour. I couldn't believe this crazy bastard was smoking a joint while driving. I'd only known him maybe 30 minutes. "'What's your story?' I screamed over the wind. "'I was an insurance salesman for 30 years,' he yelled. "'I had a wife and two kids. "'Once my kids were grown, "'I decided to pursue my dream of photography. "'So now I'm divorced, and I'm here.' "'I nodded. "'Okay, cool.' "'Our car headed farther and farther up the winding road. "'Little by little,' I glimpsed the ocean, a rich blue down below, peeking through the lush green vegetation, white froth crashing quietly on distant rocks. We were going higher and higher, and soon we'd pass through the gates of the Ayunque, the only rainforest that is the U.S. National Park. And that's when I first noticed the black SUV behind us. My spidey senses tingled. I think we may have some cops on us, I said. Huh? Peck looked into the rearview mirror. The SUV was like a dark, sleek predator. Might want to ditch the joint, I suggested. He groaned. God damn it, he shouted, tossing the joint into the wind. It literally blew back and bounced off the SUV windshield. Ah, oh, shit, I exclaimed. You should have swallowed it. It was clear that Peck had lost it for a moment, but now his composure was back instantly. Just hold tight, amigo. Let's see if they keep up with us. I was holding my breath, waiting to see blue lights at any moment. Hey, amigo, Peck said calmly. Are you good at fighting? I snickered. <laughs> yes, actually I am. I don't like to fight, he sounded reflective. Yeah, well, just follow the speed limit, I replied, hopefully. As we ascended the mountains, the giant trees drooped over us. The exotic land transformed into a green-gray throat swallowing us deeper. Mist set in, and waterfalls cascaded by the lane. The ancient natives here, the Taino Indians, believed God lived at the top of this mountain, hidden in the clouds. Are those cops? I wondered. Squeezed between cliffs and waterfalls, we were trapped on this road. There was a slight dirt pull-off on the right side of the road near a bend. I'm going to pull over and let them by, Peck resolved. 
He eased off the pavement and onto the moist ground. My stomach sank when the SUV crept in behind us. Peck took a deep breath and sighed. Now we were both silent. It crossed my mind to run. The doors opened slowly on the SUV. First, the driver stepped out. He was Puerto Rican, tall and scowling, wearing a black baseball cap. The passenger door opened, and a shorter but similar man came out. They walked slowly toward the car. I didn't see any badges or guns. Peck sat still, looking ahead, almost trance-like. I imagined the men would split, one approaching each side of the car, but instead they stuck together, both of them ambling up to Peck's side. The tall man said something in Spanish. His voice was firm. Hola, amigo, Peck smiled. No hablo español, he said sweetly. The demeanor of the tall man changed quickly. He was even more assertive, repeating his Spanish phrase more aggressively. I don't understand you, hombre, Peck replied matter-of-factly. Things felt so tense, I didn't even want to look over at the interaction. At that point, the tall man lowered his face to Peck's, and his hand moved to his side. He was in gunslinger mode, though I still had not actually seen a pistol. The shorter man's right hand took the same position on his body, the tall man shouted Spanish again, right into Peck's face. It was as if he believed this gringo could indeed speak Espanol. Peck shook his head, paused for a moment, then looked the tall man right in the eye, and I couldn't believe what he said next. You need to chill the fuck out, amigo. Huh? Peck remained calm. You need to chill the fuck out, amigo. The tall man glanced at the short man, then drew out a radio. No fucking hablo, Peck screamed, and the next few moments were a blur. I saw a glint of sunlight, then my ears were shattered. Pow, 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 pow. Peck was shooting the fuck out of these guys. My stomach dropped in the most sickening way. There was silence. I fumbled for words. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, I exclaimed. It's all cool, amigo, he said. It seemed like a dream. I feared him, and he could see it. The men he shot were gone. I had scrambled back over my seat, confused and unsettled. Calm down, amigo, he said. It's no biggie. Oh, shit, I exclaimed again. I jumped out of the car, head spinning, scanning frantically to see if anyone else was around. Where the hell are you going, amigo? I, I, I don't know, I said. I was so confused. Look, he leaned over. Everything is cool, amigo. Just chill the fuck out. Those were some of the last words he had said to them, so I took full notice. Seriously, amigo, he said. Chill the fuck out and help me. Help you what? We're stuck here, amigo, he said. We gotta get this car out of the way so we can get the fuck out of here. 
I'm not part of this. I screamed louder than anything I've ever said in my life. Dude! Peck screamed. I know exactly who you are. Now help me. I couldn't process his words. What? He closed his eyes and squinted them. Amigo, we have to get the fuck out of here. Listen to me. Next thing I remember, he was out of the car and digging in the pocket of the tall man, now dead as hell. In moments, he had fished out the SUV key. Here, he tossed it to me. Back it up so we can get out of here. I don't know why I followed his orders. But where the hell else was I going to go, and what the hell else was I going to do? I don't remember exactly what happened, but I backed up the SUV, and the next thing I recall, we were on the rainforest road again. I was stunned, I guess in shock, when I looked back over to him and realized I was now a victim, a hostage, in the car, with this maniac. For a long time, as we sped through the winding turns, I was afraid to speak. Finally... What the fuck just happened? I asked. What do you mean? I thought you didn't like to fight. Fighting? No, he said. Shooting? Yes. I felt like I was going to throw up. I want out, I said. Too late for that, amigo, he actually chuckled, throwing his head back. <laughs> it looked like the wind would blow his straw hat away, even with the chin strap. No, I want out, I exclaimed. He flashed his weird white grin. I've got you now, motherfucker, he laughed like a madman. <laughs> Stop the fucking car now, I demanded. Fine, he said flatly. We're here now anyway. It's funny how your memory flashes from point to point when something truly surprising happens. And next thing I recall was the two of us sitting on the edge of a gravel trail the spooky canopy of the forest. Its giant leaves and twisting roots shined and hung all around us, and a swift stream rushed nearby. The white noise of a distant waterfall subtly masked our words. Peck was now calm and fatherly. I know you're running from the law, he said. Yeah, join the fucking club, I snapped sarcastically. That's not even what I meant to say. I meant to imply that he was now running from the law as well, but I wasn't making sense. Nonetheless, he understood. Look, amigo. Peck sounded incredibly at ease. Those guys I just shot were not cops. They were drug dealers. What are you talking about? Drug dealers? That's right, Peck nodded. I had to kill them or they were going to kill us. I'm not really a photographer. I'm... Similar to a DEA officer. Are you going to arrest me? No, amigo. Not if you help me out. But you are on the list. What? Yeah, he said. I have a list of people who need to be brought to justice. And you're on it, amigo. He sighed sadly. To kill? That's not legal. I fumbled for words. Well, it depends, amigo, he said. That's why I'm in Puerto Rico. This is not a state, and once you come here, well, the laws are kind of fucked up. He was right. I had forgotten that. But law doesn't really matter anyway, he said. I'm not exactly DEA. I'm more with a clandestine branch of the government. Oh, and what is that? I asked defiantly. 
Oh, it doesn't have a name, he mused. It's just a bunch of numbers that no one can remember. Office number 5839274, some kind of bullshit like that, so we just call it numbers. And our job is to go to places where drug dealers can just be killed. I mean, brought to justice, and then uh, bring them to justice. And sooner or later, many of them end up here in Puerto Rico. And when they get here, I just go out and, well, sometimes have to shoot their ass. And the problemo is solved, amigo. I stared at him for a moment. And you're going to kill me? Nope, he said. I'm not going to kill you. I have an offer for you. Yeah? I was listening. What's the worst thing you ever did, amigo? I I just sold weed. That was it. Well, I tell you what, he leaned closer. You help me out while I go bring some of these guys to justice, and I'll see that you get a full pardon. The running will be over, and, and, he raised a finger, I'll pay you. You could get me pardoned from the law? I was suspicious. Yes, he said confidently. Meaning they would no longer be looking for me. I would be a free man. That's right, amigo. A clean slate. He slapped his knee with finality. And why exactly would you offer this to me? I inquired. Dude, he said, drawing back as if the next words from his mouth should be blaringly obvious. You're from Tennessee, right? And they say you're definitely good at kicking ass. I just looked at him for a moment. Some guys have a naive trust for those who come from the same neck of the woods. I nodded. He grinned and opened his arms in an accepting way. This did not add up. Tonight, we're going to go party in San Juan. All you have to do is back me up while I track down some of this scum. Cool? And I believe I'm going to stop right there. So there you go. That's the beginning of my novel called The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree. There is no audio book. <laughs> I know some of you will email me saying, where's the audio book? No, there is no audio book. Maybe someday. But for now, that's the first time I've ever read any of that novel and recorded it. So hopefully your ears are not hurting too badly. And if you would like to obtain your own copy of the Gringo Maniac Murder Spree, it's very easy. Just go to uh, Amazon.com, and you can order just as many as you like. And uh, let me tell you something. This gets into a twisted, twisted scenario. I'll read you the back of the book. Some call this book a work of twisted humor. Others ban it as gratuitous violence but no one can stop reading. The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree is the wicked, fast-paced, page-turning adventure of two delusional killers rampaging the enchanted island of Puerto Rico on a conspiracy-fueled quest, savagely killing larger-than-life drug dealers, and saving the world by rescuing an alien being, the most intelligent being in the universe, held captive. 
Don't worry if that sounds overwhelming. It will all make perfect sense. This R-rated story is a colorful grab bag of UFOs, aliens, spirits, men in black, cryptids, ESP, and a kaleidoscope of interdimensional phantasmagoria capped with cold-blooded wit. Both weird and mesmerizing, you must read it to believe it. And there's a quote here from film producer T. Beckett Scotland, and he says... Quote, this is the most insane fun I've ever had reading a book in my life. I called in sick so I could finish it, end quote. So, yes, this book gets into all kinds of bizarro paranormal stuff. I know that you didn't get to hear any of that in the passage at the beginning, but trust me, we're getting there. And uh, it's got it all. This is a very paranormal, uh, crazy action novel. The Gringo Maniac Murder Spree. So, uh, I think uh, that's all I want to share with you today. And uh, if you decide to go buy the book, hey, let me know. I'd appreciate it. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. joshuapwarren.com. You can scroll down there and you'll find my email address. You'll also find links to other cool stuff like my curiosity shop, my big event coming up in Las Vegas this May, and a link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. And uh, you can subscribe there through the website, or you can just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.